Welcome to Ghostly. Is Gettysburg haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real-ish. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button or like the fancy YouTubers are saying, if you're on YouTube, smash that smash that, that like button. Yeah, smash it. Smash that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as always, we're your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. And uh, what's been going on in your world, Rebecca? Uh, aliens. Oh, okay. So outer world. Outer then. world. Yeah. Well, they're kind of everywhere. First of all, you were like, you need to watch this movie from like a couple of years ago about this guy, Bob Lazar, and like all of his alien findings. Then there's an Unsolved Mysteries episode yeah. about, you know, people. And then, and then the government comes out and they're like, yep, we've found material that. Yeah. Is we don't know what it is. The freaking Pentagon. Yeah. Is come out and, and said, hey, hey, you know, we might have something. All right. So, real quick, scale from zero to 10, what do you rate the evidence that there are aliens visiting us right now? Now, that's a harder question than just like, are there aliens in the universe? Okay. But just zero through 10. I'm going to say four. Four. I'm going to go five. Okay. I'm right in the middle there. Okay. Not not with ghosts, but with aliens, <laughs> I am right in the middle there. Well, maybe we should do an alien podcast Ooh. where we just agree. <laughs> we debate <laughs> and we agree every time. Uh, so since our last episode, there has been a contest that has been released on the, so- on the socials and... On our Ghostly page. Yeah, it's on the website is where you go to take it. It's the Ghostly Trivia Contest. Yeah, ghostlypodcast.com slash trivia, or just go to Ghostly Podcast, click the polls thing, which is now a drop down, Mm -hmm. and it does have trivia under it. Yeah. Trivia contest, I'm sorry. And I will say, I mean, it's not not an impossible thing. Like, if you just are a listener and yeah. maybe do a little bit of looking around on the website, you can you can do this. So that's your advice to them is that, to yes. listen to past episodes and check out the website. Yeah. I mean, but it's it's not super easy either. No, it we is want not. it to be a little bit of a challenge. Now Pat, what can they win? Oh, they could win their choice of any ghostly t shirt. Any ghostly t shirt? Any ghostly t shirt. Well t shirt. T-shirt, we're excluding like hoodies, and I just put up a dress in there, like a skater dress. I think it's, it's super called. cute. Yeah, and I'm not gonna buy it pants. for myself. Yeah, yeah. yoga pants, I'm not gonna buy it for <laughs> myself either. No, but the, there's a ton of different T-shirts, yeah. and you get to choose one. Um, the and win- it is it. You know, nobody else is sponsoring this contest. It is Ghostly sponsoring the contest. Yeah, we want to comes share out of our pockets. Ghostly love. So, yeah. yeah, no, we're excited. Um, now. How do we pick the winner? So uh, whoever answers the most questions right will be the winner unless there's a tie. And then we will do the, hey, um, that Apple assistant person, 
um, named Siri, I could say it because it's been so many words in between, uh, pick a random number between 1 and 48 because there's going to be 48 people that get it all right. Wow. Okay. Uh, now I know. Yeah. This is good. So That's it'll be a random it. drawing. It's- it will be random as Siri possible. <laughs> So yeah, so go check it out on ghostlypodcast.com slash trivia and uh, good luck. Good luck. Um, So do we have any listener mail? We do. And I, I'm very excited. We've had, we've had some people sending in stuff. I I can't wait to hear more. Um, But the one this week is pretty fantastic and it's a voicemail. Okay. Well, let's listen to that right now then. Hi, Ghostly. My name is Erin. I'm calling because you said you wanted people to leave voicemails, so here I am. I'm going to tell you my sort of, possibly, uh, ghost experience. Um, For some background, I live in New Mexico and I work for the state government here. Um, And so I work in the legislative building, the the roundhouse, we call it. Um, And I had to go in one Saturday to finish up some work. Um, so my office is up on the fourth floor and it's kind of separated from the the rest of our main office where the regular employees sit, I guess you can call it. Um, but we're a lot closer to one restroom than the rest of the offices. Um, but it's also, it was a Saturday, so I think I had two coworkers in the office one was the director, and the other was our um, financial officer, basically. Um, and so I got some work done. I took a break. Um, and as I was coming back from the break, the security guard that was downstairs, so on our um, ground floor, said, oh, like, your boss left. It's just you and Anessa left. Um, so I went back up to the office and um, decided I needed to use the restroom. Now, our building is not old. Um, it's it's a little weird, I guess. So it was dedicated in 1966 and renovated, I think, um, early 2000s or so. Um, and I went down to the restroom, took care of my business as I'm getting ready to leave. Uh, one of the toilets next to me flushes. Um, and I kind of freeze because as I had come in, um, like I hadn't looked super hard, but... I I knew none of the doors were like closed, um, and the the door opening to this restroom is really loud. So you would hear that, or I would have heard somebody like walking past. And neither of those things happened. Um, so I'm just like frozen in the cubicle for a minute, thinking like, well, it could have been an automatic flushing toilet. And then I realized. And this is kind of where I started, like, getting goosebumps. Like, we don't have automatically flushing toilets. Um, and other people have said, oh, it could have been a toilet in the men's restroom. The men's restroom is way, way, way down the hall. Like, it's a separate plumbing system or whatever. Um, so that is not the noise I would have heard. Um, but, yeah, basically I freaked out and I left as quickly as I could, um, I went to talk to our financial officer, Anessa, a little bit later. Hello, it's Erin again. I took too long, I guess. Sorry. Hopefully you get both these messages and not just the second one. But basically, um, bathroom ghost or whatever, 
talked to the only other employee that I knew was up in the building with me, and she said she hadn't gone to that bathroom all day. And just kind of looked at me and was like, why, did something happen? And I just kind of left and said, maybe, um, and left it there. Um, but uh, I was telling this story to one of my siblings a little bit ago, and I realized, like, oh, right. Um, when I was a kid, I was, like, terrified of bathrooms. Um, it wasn't because of Bloody Mary stuff. I had a really sheltered upbringing, so I didn't really know that was a thing. But just, like, the loud noises and things. And so either I'm always super on edge unconsciously in the bathroom or um, something new, for perhaps, that I was scared of bathrooms and took advantage of that. Um, I go back and forth on skeptor, skeptical and... Um, believer so i guess i'm a team in between um yeah that's my story thanks so much for the podcast i like listening to it bye all right that's aaron's toilet ghost bathroom ghost bathroom are you british well she it is kind of a toilet ghost (laughs) that was an amazing story aaron thank you so much for sharing that Thank you. Sorry that would that be it, super creepy. Sorry that it got broken into two voicemails. Yeah, you know, but that's, uh, it worked. That's the limitation of voicemail, I guess. Well, I guess, but I mean, it was it that was really interesting. And what I liked about the story the most is that it just kind of sneaks up on you the ghosty part. Yeah, you know, it's just like do do do. This has happened, and then this happened, and then I realized, wait a minute, <laughs> there's no one else in here with me, and that would be uh, pretty terrifying. You know, I, I had one experience in the bathroom as well. Uh-huh. Um, I'm so about this, I was guys. in the bathroom and I was playing with my phone, you know, while in the bathroom. I know that's kind of gross. Yeah. But then all of a sudden the lights turned off. Ah. And I was at work. Uh-huh. And here's the thing. I, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you get up from doing your thing to turn the lights back on to you know, the motion detector to have it see you, or do you just sit in darkness? I think it depends how much more time I have, like how much more time I need. Oh, okay. Like if I'm getting close, then I might just finish what I'm doing and then. Well, I was in worried somebody would come into the bathroom right. and realize that I've been sitting in darkness in the bathroom. Yeah, I, that is, that's is a real concern with those auto lights. Yeah, probably not haunted. But no, I mean that haunted. was that was my experience. <laughs> so thank you, Aaron, for calling in. We really appreciate it. Uh, so how how would people give you one of their ghost stories or yeah. tell you one of their ghost yeah, stories? Yeah, we want we want the ghost stories. So you can do it a couple different ways. You can leave a voicemail, 630-448-2138. Yes. You can send an email. Yeah. Info at ghostlypodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you can always just send send a, a message on social media of yeah. any kind. Uh, and then what else? Oh, there is snail mail. Remember yeah, that? there's snail mail. Yeah. You could send us a postcard. You could send us a package of baked goods. You can send us, well, our P.O. box is really small. So if, if it's baked goods, maybe one cookie. <laughs> Um, Or you could send your stories via envelope and stamp (laughs) to P.O. Box number 264, 
Geneva, Illinois, 60134. And if you forget all that, just go to our website, ghostlypodcast.com. Scroll to the very bottom. We have all of our info on in the footer. Yeah, you got it. And, uh, you know, support the post office. Send us a, send us a letter. Yeah, so um, people have been supporting us lately, too, by giving us reviews on the Apple podcast. And we're going to do a shout-out. We don't always do these. Two ways to get a shout-out on the show. You can uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Uh, we love the five-star ones, right? Those are the best. But, I mean, we'll take anyone. unfortunately. We will <laughs> read the one-star reviews, too. Um, fart, fart, fart. Um, and, uh, what's the other way? Do you remember? Uh, you can, uh, join us on, uh, buy us a, buy me a coffee. Buy me a coffee. We will, uh, shout out to any supporters or new members. Yeah. So we do have two reviews. I'm going to read the first one. Rebecca, you want to read the second one? Sounds good. So this is a five-star review and, uh, this is from daily 19 and it's titled educational and fun. Uh, I stumbled across this podcast in the middle of quarantine, desperate for something new to listen to. I was soon hooked and have listened to every episode. I love the historical facts as well as the supernatural side. I tend to lean lean towards hashtag team believer, but am open to being skeptical. Does that even make sense? Laugh out loud. Thanks for helping me keep my sanity through uncertain times. Now, this person did actually write LOL, not laugh out loud. I, I want people to know that, that they... Why, why does it matter? didn't <laughs> write out, laugh <laughs> out loud. I, <laughs> I would have. <laughs> I don't like the abbreviations. I like to write everything out. <laughs> All right. Mine is from Jen in PA. Okay. Okay. Uh, I love the show and listen while I commute to and from work about an hour total e- a day. I am kind of middle of the road since I'm a believer, but also realize that some over-exaggerate stories and maybe stretch the truth from time to time. Mm. And that bums me out since I really do love creepy stories. Keep them coming. I don't always vote hashtag team believer, but when I do, I make sure it counts. Oh, I could see that one meme with the with the beer guy, whatever that beer is. I don't always, but when I do. <laughs> no, thank you guys so much. And, you know, it's oh, okay yeah. to be team in the middle and, and to, yes. to look at things with a critical mind. We we appreciate that here at Ghostly. Yeah, we don't mind hashtag team tweeny. Um, that is not a thing. That is creepy. <laughs> it's hashtag in the middle or the middle. middle. Hashtag team middle. Yeah, that's fine. So I am super, super excited for the polls for this episode. Wow. Do you want to read the polls? Is that how excited you are? Um, Sure. If you want me to. Sure. I usually let you read it. But I mean, back in the day, I used to read them occasionally. Yeah. So in our last episode, we talked about... Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. By the way, Rebecca, has Bloody Mary come to visit you since then? Uh, some weird stuff has happened. Yeah. My power strip turned itself off. Uh, so I'm looking at your power strip now, and it's sitting on its side. And if you pull it a little bit, there is like a metal bar there that could have hit it. Something happened. <laughs> Bloody Mary happened. Okay. So the question was... Is the Bloody Mary legend real? So, 
it was 79.6 to 20.4. You feeling confident about that? I, I, I am feeling confident about what the answer is, yes. The answer was no. <laughs> That's who won. 79.6%. Man, it was a good victory for hashtag Team Skeptic. I don't get many of these. So. No, no, it's been a while. Well, and I, you know what? I think what helped you is that I also was pretty much a Team Skeptic on this one. You were, yeah. I was really surprised. Yeah. So, I, how does I, it feel to be hashtag Team Skeptic? I'm fine with that. See, so oh, it's okay. okay. That's how we be critical. Oh, okay. You know, it's how we be critical. Yeah, that's how we be critical. <laughs> now, critical thinkers, right? Yeah. I wish you sometimes would open yourself up. I a am little totally bit. open. I just don't believe in ghosts. I'm sorry. So, to vote in the polls this time, it's just going to be on our website. Yeah. Um, so we've been having some more issues with Facebook polls and we just decided, you know what, we're not even going to risk the chance of, of it not working this time. So we are going straight for our website. You can go to ghostlypodcast.com slash polls, or just go to the site and click on polls. Although if you want to discuss the episode, Ghostly Society is the place to do that. And we will uh, definitely start a discussion in there. Absolutely. Um, or on any of our social media. Jump right. on there. Uh, so if you want to join Ghostly Society, go to facebook.com slash group slash ghostly society, all one word. Okay. So we got that done. Man, I was so excited about the polls. <laughs> I don't think it's going to go the same way for this episode. Though. Ah, well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So this is our second listener choice episode. I really enjoy doing these. I don't know about you. Yeah, I do too. It helps, you know, because we have a lot of ideas, but it's nice to to let the listeners kind of guide yep. us where we should go. Yep. Uh, so our first one uh, was about the Von Erich family, and and that was that was a lot of fun because it was like my childhood coming out there. I mean, it was a sad story, but it was definitely a sad story. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not excited about the story. I'm excited. That I got to talk about stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, talk about wrestling. So this is one of those episodes that we had really wanted to do. We had always wanted to do Gettysburg, but I guess we were kind of asking your permission by having it as listener choice episode. Although a few listeners had actually suggested this as an episode. Seems like this episode is coming to us at a very fitting time in our country's timeline. Um, back then, the world was just as polarized as it is today, and, and I want to admit to everyone that I totally see it, too. Uh, so many of us are on opposite sides at this moment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going here? Well, yeah. Wow. I mean, it's important that we talk about this on Ghostly. Okay, but I mean, like, we're not like a politics podcast. Well, I mean, half of us are hashtag team believer, and the other... Uh, our hashtag team skeptic. How can we even exist in the same space then, right? It is it is a <laughs> challenge. <laughs> no, let's be fair here. We are not just talking about ghostly when, when we say that. Uh, although we do want to keep this podcast politics free. Um, and just because I joke, please don't think that I take any of the current situations in the world lightly. I have a very heavy heart that um, we are not a unified country at this moment. And I, 
Yeah, me too. And and I think that part of our hope with ghostly is to to take a subject that's a little less um, scary to talk about, but yet is still polarizing. So what you're saying, ghosts are less scary than politics. Uh, in today's world, it can be, <laughs> yeah, right? right? With relatives and things like that. And, you know, yet to show that it is possible to have a conversation with the other side, to yeah. um, find a middle ground sometimes and to to understand um, that you can you can see how someone sees the world and it, it, it makes you better, a better person when you understand someone else better. True. I mean, I do have to admit it is kind of frustrating when... You know, somebody believes things other than what I believe, but I mean, that's part of being a human being. And I'd rather be associated with people that don't feel exactly 100% the way that I feel because they could help me grow. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So anyways, this episode, um, we are really excited about it. Um, As I said, it's been one of those topics that we've wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. We are going to be talking about the town of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. The site of the Gettysburg Address after the Battle of Gettysburg that took the life of over 50,000 people. Americans. Just yes. crazy. Back between July 1st and July 3rd in 1863. Do you have a ghost story to kick us off? <laughs> I do, I do. After all that, after right? After all that. Well, mm-hmm. it's not going to get a lot happier, people Mm -hmm. i'm just letting you know um definitely a um you know yeah sad topic uh but but definitely interesting okay so here is our ghost story today awesome charlie woke up with a start and gasped i saw them i got up and hurried over to him hoping he hadn't woken his sister sleeping next to him luckily she was still out from our long day of touring gettysburg Charlie was panting and looking terrified. Who did you see? I whispered, wiping his forehead. He was sweating. The soldiers and doctors, people running everywhere. They were screaming and scared. I did my best to calm him down and explain it was just a dream. We had taken a historical tour that day and learned a lot about the battle. Usually he does well learning about history and not taking it into his dreams, but I guess this was the exception. Our guide had been a bit more graphic in his explanations than I was expecting. After a while, I got him back to sleep, but now I was awake. I looked at my husband, still asleep through it all, of course. After 20 minutes of laying in bed and looking at the ceiling, I realized I wasn't going to sleep like this. I need to walk around, clear my head. I found my shoes, remembered to grab a room key, and snuck out of our hotel room. The Farnsworth House Inn has been an interesting place to stay this trip. It has been here since before the battle. There are still bullet holes from the snipers and fighting that happened here. It's like living in the history, I thought to myself. I made my way downstairs, thinking maybe I'll just sit in one of the comfy chairs in the living room off the lobby, read one of the books there. But as I turn down the hallway, I see a glowing light at the other end. Curious, I continue down the hall to see what it is. I'm pretty sure the light is coming from the breakfast room. Maybe someone is in there getting a snack, I think. I could go for a snack. When I got to the doorway, something feels off. The light 
doesn't look like normal artificial light. When I turn and take a step into the room, I have to stifle a scream. Inside the room is a scene like from a movie. There is a table with a Civil War soldier on it. He is covered in blood and one of his legs is just gone. Two nurses are trying to control the blood while a doctor seems to be getting some tools ready. Is this some reenactment practice, I thought? I opened my mouth to ask just that when I realized there is no sound. It's quiet in the room. And the light is coming from the scene itself. It's like I'm watching an old silent movie. The same movie my son had just told me he dreamed about, I realize. I shook my head and I closed my eyes, thinking I'm just imagining it. But when I open them, the scene's still there. One of the nurses looks at me. I almost think she sees me. But then she looks back down at the patient and says something I can't hear to the doctor. I realize that the patient has died. He didn't make it. I close my eyes in sorrow, and when I open them, this time the scene is gone. Just gone. I realize I'm shaking and very cold. Glancing over my shoulder the whole way, I make my way back up to our room as quickly as I can. Laying down, I think there is no way I can sleep after that. But I do. Wow. How much of that did you make up? Um, A fair amount. <laughs> okay. I mean, some of it is based on a... Some evidence we're going to talk about, but a oh. lot of it is is different. Like the characters are fictitious. And the location. I mean, it's a real location, but that is not a thing that is talked about. At the Farnsworth. At the Farnsworth, though the sniper bullet holes are real. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Um, I think we should probably take a break because we have a pretty long history section coming up. Sounds good. Oh, hey there, Count Panic. I got a question for you. What's that, Bob? What do you know about Mothman, the Loch Ness Monster, ghosts, demons, and things that go bump in the night? Not much, Bob. Well, lucky for you, we host a podcast called Bob After Dark, where we talk about legends, lore, and the supernatural. Wow, where can I find this podcast? Wherever you find your great podcasts at. We're back, and Rebecca, are you ready for the extra-long history section? Let's do it. I love it. All right. So it would be really easy for us to start with the history of the Battle of Gettysburg, right? It would. Um, but let's be fair. That has never been what Ghostly's about. So I'm going to take a look back at the complete history of this town Although I cannot cover every single detail, though, because there's just way too much. Or we would just simply have a Gettysburg podcast, which <laughs> uh, looking at the history would kind of be fascinating, right? Right. I mean, I'm sure there are Gettysburg podcasts out there and um, yeah, books, movies. I mean, yeah. So we're definitely going to hit the highlights. Yeah. What which about, is still a lot. What about movies that are made from books? You think that is possible for Gettysburg? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about books that are written from movies of mm, Gettysburg? That I'm not as sure about. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So let's start off this with the early history of Gettysburg. Samuel Gettys was born in 1725 in Randallstown County Atrium of Northern Ireland. When he was 14 or 15 years old, he arrived in America. Can't really call it the United States, though, then, right? Mm, That's true. Because it wasn't. Um, He was a pioneer that came to the new lands to start his life and family. There were a lot of Scottish and Irish settlers in those days, uh, all looking for their own land in Pennsylvania. Southeast Pennsylvania already had around 150 families that were mostly farmers. Some worked at flour or sawmills, and others were tanners or blacksmiths. All things we don't really have as much of anymore, right? Uh, True. (laughs) (laughs) Or do you know of any flour? Well, there's still a lot of farmers. Sawmills. and um, There's some of those. and there's... There are some tanners. Yeah. Not there's... as many blacksmiths, though. No. We need more blacksmiths in the world today. Mm. Uh, eventually, in 1749, York County was established, which encompassed what is now considered Adams County. In 1762, Samuel Getty acquired a tavern license. I mean... They figured they might as well give give him the license as he had been running an underground tavern for years at that point. <laughs> so the county might as well make some money on it. There you go. Smart county. Right? <laughs> uh, in 1765, Samuel acquired the legal title to 381 acres of land that surrounded the tavern. He officially opened a store alongside his tavern. It became hugely successful. So much so that um, recruitment for George Washington's Continental Army took place there in June of 1775. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Uh, Everything was going great, and Samuel might have founded the town of Gettysburg right then and there, but he had found himself in some debt. Uh, In order to get some of the land, he had to donate a lot of money to the Continental Army. And after they won the Revolutionary War, he had all this land, but not much actual money. Ah, I see. So when I used to play uh, Monopoly with my one friend, Courtney, when we were kids, Uh um, we always used to call her the farmer because she would buy up like every piece of property, but then have zero (laughs) money left to play with anything, which is a pretty bad thing to say about farmers. I... That's definitely not <laughs> true, but at the time, it was like, you have a lot of land and no money. <laughs> yeah, he was he was definitely land heavy. Uh, so in order to satisfy his debts, the courts ordered him to sell off some of his land in 1780. But Samuel had a son, a very smart son, that became fairly successful and eventually bought back 116 of the 381 acres that Samuel had. Um, and some of that land had been where the tavern and the store were at. So James laid out blueprints of the town of Gettysburg. The blueprints allowed for 210 lots, and they used a lottery system to sell these lots. One of the early buyers was a man by the name of John Truxell. He was a Revolutionary War veteran and by the time of his death at the ripe old age of 94, he had 10 children, 
One of them was Abraham Truxell, who was the first child born in Gettysburg. John Truxell had 71 grandchildren and 20 great-grandchildren before he passed. Uh, One of his great-great-grandchildren is a man named William Truxell, who became the mayor of Gettysburg and served until 2016. Oh, wow. Right? Oh, interesting. (laughs) So that really spans the gap there. There you go. Gettysburg was officially born on January 10th, 1786. I like the use of the word born. (laughs) Samuel Getty died in Gettysburg on March 15th, 1790, after watching the plots of land that he had got with his tavern become a town. Gettysburg grew just like any other small town, but it had a slower start. In 1795, they had only sold off about a quarter of the plots. In 1800, they became the county seat of the newly formed Adams County. There were a few towns that were in the race to get this honor, but it was because the town pledged to raise the $7,000 that it would cost to build the county building. So, you know, they figured win-win situation. They needed to build the building anyways, and if they were going to pay for it, might as well make them... Make them the county seat. There you go. Okay, so um, if not for people like Gettys and the Truxels, Gettysburg wouldn't have been the same town that it is now. It wouldn't have that name, though, right? Because Gettysburg came from Gettys. There you go. In 1859, Gettysburg got a railroad line from Gettysburg to Hanover, which actually, uh, I think it was used until the early 1900s, and then it stopped being used for a little bit, and then they reestablished it again. In 1860, the town had grown to 450 buildings. So that's that's pretty good. I mean, that's 210 lots, 450 buildings, town. that's a lot. Yeah. So that brings us now to the Battle of Gettysburg. This was a huge turning point in our nation's history, and it was the it had the most casualties of the entire civil war yeah i mean it's a big number it is definitely like 50,000 people i mean it's interesting to think this town just had a regular history just a small town history and yeah. then now it's famous infamous i don't know i mean it's not the, the town's fault no what happened not. there in any way and I think it, I mean, you'll tell us about how it got to that, be in that town, but it's just interesting, you know, that it was just a regular town. It was, it's not like New York or, you know, like a big city where you would imagine yeah. the big battles or Charlotte or, you know, yeah. something like that. It's just this regular town that anyone could be living in. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're famous. Well, I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Union Major General George Meade's Army of the Potomac defeated the Confederate General Robert E. Lee's Army of Northern Virginia and essentially halted Lee's invasion of the North. To be honest, though, as Rebecca kind of was saying, Lee hadn't really foreseen that there was going to be a battle in Gettysburg. His sights were much higher than that. It was accidental. Mm. That, that this was a major battleground. Lee had a strike on the North prior to this, and it was unsuccessful. But they, they had just had a huge victory in Virginia. 
Lee's Confederate Army of Northern Virginia were were brimming with confidence after this major victory that they had, uh, and Lee wanted to strike again. So this would have been very strategic for the Confederates at this time, as it would have given them a position that they could uh, eventually attack Philadelphia, Baltimore, and Washington, D.C., and they could get some more supplies from the very rich northern farms. But maybe even more importantly, it could take some of the heat out of Virginia, which is where a good portion of the battles were fought. Now, I've heard that um, the Confederates actually went after Gettysburg because there was a large supply of shoes there. Oh, that's interesting. But that's not true. Oh. There were no shoe manufacturers in Gettysburg at that time. Okay. Um, So the theory was is that, you know, I mean, you're in war and these people are walking a lot. Their shoes are going to wear down eventually. So um, the theory was that they actually went after Gettysburg just for the shoes. Oh, interesting. But they didn't. It was purely accidental. Oh, but they were going... It was that they they were going north. They were going north, right. but they wanted to uh, strike a bigger town. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. And uh, all the roads there kind of led through Gettysburg if you went into that part of Pennsylvania. All right, then. So they were kind of forced into it if they wanted to take roads. Sure. They could have crossed over forested land, but then those darn shoes would have wore out even quicker then, right? Yeah, Interesting. <laughs> Um, so although Lee made several mistakes leading into this battle and in the battle itself, uh, they were outnumbered going into it, uh, although they really didn't know this necessarily. The Union Army was spread apart, and uh, it consisted of a lot of different militias, and they didn't know exactly how many people they were going to be facing at that time. Also, if we look at the Union side of things, Lincoln was very displeased with um, his general and leader of the Army of of the Potomac, which was Joseph Hooker at the time. Uh, While he outgunned and outnumbered Lee's troops, he seemed very reluctant to confront Lee's army after they were defeated in Chancellorsville. I would say, I know I I read a Lincoln biography, I've read a couple, and I I just remember that he replaced his generals a lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I don't remember this necessarily in particular, but um, I just know there were a lot of times he would be like, unhappy, and, you know, pull in somebody well, else. Well, Hooker pretty much allowed them to get to Gettysburg, um, okay. where they should have cut him off right away. Gotcha. So they were in Northern Territory, and Lincoln felt they he should have stopped them before yeah, they- Yeah, Chancellorville is actually in Virginia. Okay. And that was the major victory. And then they marched from there. It was two months that Mm. they had to do something. And Hooker didn't do anything. Gotcha. Um, So luck would have it that Hooker actually resigned, though. Oh, geez. Hmm, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He resigned on June 28th, 1863. And this gave Lincoln the chance to put in Major General George Gordon Meade. That's a long name. It is a long name. Uh, Once Meade was established, he set out in pursuit of Lee's 75,000 men. Lee's men had just crossed the Potomac River and were into Maryland and marching towards Pennsylvania. So because of that, they pretty much were going to end up in Gettysburg. 
Yeah. Well, and it's weird whenever you say Potomac, because I always think of the Potomac as in D.C. Obviously, it's not just in D.C. It's a whole river. Um, But my brain just associates that. So I could see being like, that's nervous, you know, because they're they're on their way. Well, it was definitely a dividing line Mm -hmm. between the North and the South during the war. Yeah. Lee must have been outraged when he found out that the Union soldiers had crossed the Potomac. Lee had tried hard to make this impossible. He, um, when they were going through, they were destroying a lot of the railways and destroying uh, the telegraph lines that were crucial for the communication. So they really believed that they were going to have a sneak attack on a big city. Uh, Lee had planned to have his troops all meet up in Gettysburg, though. Although a crucial mistake that he made was to send off some of the cavalry to the east of the large Union force. This would mean that they wouldn't return for the most crucial first two days of the battle. Oh, so he didn't have some of his troops when yeah, the battle he didn't, started. Yeah, the cavalry, which was very important. Uh, uh, General A.P. Hill's um, command had approached Gettysburg looking for supplies when they saw that some Union soldiers had arrived the day before them. So it just so happened that everybody just kind of met up there. It was going to be that... You know, Gettysburg was uh, the combining of all the Confederate troops, and they were going to march on from there. Um, And the Union had kind of planned the same kind of thing, I guess. Okay, interesting. So Lee saw that this was a huge advantage, and he gave orders to attack the Union soldiers that were there early. He gave these orders to Ewell, a man who had taken command of the Army of the Northern Virginia after Lee's most trusted general, Thomas J. Stonewall Jackson was mortally wounded during the battle that the Confederates won in Chancellorville. Ewell declined the orders, though, as he considered the Union's position was way too strong. Now, that night, more troops arrived and extended the defensive line along Cemetery Ridge to the hill known as Little Round Top. So if they had attacked when Lee had said that maybe they could have overtaken the union troops that had been there, but because they waited more union troops arrived. Maybe. I mean, you don't know, but and there's, there's also this theory that if the Confederates had taken little round top early, that they would have won that battle. Um, but I've seen conflicting reports. They were just outnumbered and outgunned. So, uh, it might have it might have made for more casualties on the Union side, which might have turned more battles after Battle of Gettysburg. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. So now it has been said that not a lot of battle actually happened on day one. Um, but this is simply not true. In my research, I found that upwards of 16,000 men lost their lives on day one through various battles. But on day two... Uh, which is the more popular of the days um, for the Battle of Gettysburg, the Union Army had established strong positions from Culp's Hill to Cemetery Ridge. Lee was hell-bent on winning this war, and against the advice of his second-in-command, James Longstreet, he wanted to attack the Union where they stood. He ordered Longstreet to lead an attack on the Union's left, while Ewell's troops would attack on the right. So Lee's idea was that this would happen early in the day, but Longstreet couldn't even get into position until about 4 p.m. 
And then over the next several hours, the battle raged along Sickle's Line, which stretched from the nest of boulders known as Devil's Den, which I think you're going to be talking about Devil's Den. Oh, yeah. We've already, we've, you've been mentioning some stuff yeah. we're going to talk about for sure. Uh, Devil's Den into a peach orchard, as well as a nearby wheat field on the slopes of Little Round Top. You know, an orchard field is not the ideal setting for a battle of this magnitude. Yeah, that's true. Um, the Union held Little Round Top, but lost the orchard, the field, and Devil's Den. And at the end of day two, the Confederates were actually winning this battle. But at what cost? Um, each side had lost over 9,000 men each. And so far, there was 35,000 bodies scattered everywhere around the area. Ugh. So if you could picture that, I mean... That's all. I mean, yeah, it's unimaginable. It is, definitely, definitely. This is one of the bloodiest battles in America's history. Well, and I mean, the thing you always think about with the Civil War is unlike every other war, everyone that died was an American. So when you count... I wouldn't say every, there were other influences that helped, but. But I just mean like yeah. when we're, if, you know, if you're fighting yeah. overseas, you know, it's like, well, half the, half the people, you know, might be American or, you know, Americans and the other half are some other country. Whereas if it's here fighting each other, well, we're all the casualties. Oh, absolutely. And um, because of this location too, there were a lot of people that were family that were on both sides. Oh, right. And actually, um, you know, during the Civil War, um, people didn't really know how to act about this because we hadn't had, um, you know, America fighting America before. So, like, you would have the battle in the middle, and on the outskirts, there would be people having picnics watching the war. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. so crazy. Well, I I know I read one story of like a woman who was making biscuits and got shot like while she was doing that. Oh, I could definitely see that. You know, I it mean, was, it, it was weird. It will, yeah, I'll let you finish, you know, in case you're going to talk about some of this stuff, but it's, it is, it is interesting. But let's say like Russia had invaded the US today. It would be like us going to watch the battle and sitting on the outskirts, you know, with no fear that, that the Russians were going to kill us because it was America versus America. Yes. You know, it was, it was it's different. It was a really weird war. Very odd. So on day three, Lee thought that his men were very close to victory. Lee decided to send three divisions of his men, less than 15,000 troops, and have them march almost a mile across open fields to attack a dug-in Union infantry position. Longstreet protested, but of course, Lee was not hearing it. He ordered the attack under General George Pickett. This part of the battle was called Pickett's Charge. Um, it started around 3 p.m. So war usually happened in the afternoon during these days. Well, when you have that many die, it yeah. probably takes that long to clear things out. Or I guess. I don't know. The Confederates started an artillery bombardment with 150 Confederate guns. The Union infantry just had to pick off as many Confederate soldiers as they could before they reached them one mile away. And at the same time they were doing that, uh, regiments from uh, Vermont, New York, and Ohio hit both the enemy's flanks. 
The Confederates were caught from all sides, and they lost two-thirds of their men. Lee waited the next day, July 4th, 1863, which is very symbolic, July 4th. Oh, right. Uh, he waited for a counterattack, but it never came. Um, so the Union, during all of this, were basically just holding their own ground. Okay, they weren't trying to... They weren't, they weren't actively on offense. They were on defense the whole time. Gotcha. Uh, that night, in heavy rain, the Confederate Army pulled back to Virginia, and the Union had won the Battle of Gettysburg. Wow. Well, I guess they, I'm guessing they just lost too many people. They did. And um, not only that, I mean, their position was really bad at this point. So they wanted to pull away. This wasn't the end of the Civil War, though. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah. No. They they wanted to live to fight on another day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, in movies, it's often portrayed that while cleaning up the remains of the dead, that Abraham Lincoln came in and gave his Gettysburg Address. Uh, this isn't true. In fact, it's far from the truth. And uh, Lincoln, uh, they people have said that he wrote um, part of the Gettysburg Address or all the Gettysburg Address on envelopes on the way to Gettysburg. Um, but the Library of Congress has the actual first draft, and it was written on stationery. Mm. It wasn't written on an envelope. It's just folk legend. Yeah. What is true, though, is that he delivered the Gettysburg Address on November 19th, 1863, which was some four months after the battle. If they had waited four months to remove the remains, it would be very difficult for them. (laughs) Yeah, so definitely by that point, the remains had been been cleaned up. Uh, Did you read some of the craziness about the remains? No. No. so, I mean, obviously for me with my ghost research, I think they focused more on that. Mm. Um, but the idea was that the battle, a lot of people think, and, and a lot of what you talked about happened in fields and, you know, in, in these more, you know, nature areas, but but it was also fought in the town. I mean, the entire yeah. town was the battlefield. Um, but yeah, soldiers afterwards, you know, there were just so many dead. I mean, you can't, I mean, as fast as you can bury people, you can't do it fast enough. And um, just a lot of graphic details that I, I won't go into, you know, here, but, um, you know, it was hot, it's the middle of summer and just really disturbing yeah. descriptions of what happened to, to these, these bodies, you know? And so I'm glad Lincoln wasn't there, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. yeah. No, no. <laughs> first of all, be. a dangerous space for him to be at that point, but also no. just very, I'm sure disease ridden and dangerous and, and, and a difficult, difficult space. Yeah. And, um, if you listen to our episode on Abraham Lincoln, uh, and I even think the Italian bride, uh, we talked about that Lincoln actually wanted um, to to take care of the dead right away. He was really big on that. He believed that that's one of the things that he owed the families of these victims um, or these soldiers, not victims. They got into it well, willingly. Yeah. I... Um, so, yeah, he was quick to have people embalmed and, you know, buried. Mm-hmm. So... Um, four months later, there was probably no remains left there. So, but, um, the Gettysburg address was inspired by the events of the battle. That's why, um, that's why it was set in Gettysburg. 
But the Gettysburg Address um, that Lincoln delivered was only 272 words. It transformed the Union's cause into a struggle for liberty and equality. It helped garner more support and was a day that our nation became more compassionate. We will always still have a lot of work to do for this mission of equality, but Lincoln's words touched the nation. And uh, Rebecca, would you mind reading this for us? Uh, this is um, Lincoln's, how, how he ended the Gettysburg Address. Sure. From these honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people shall not perish from the earth. Very inspiring words, right? Absolutely. The whole address and, and just... Absolutely. I, yeah. So uh, the thing that I found very interesting is that 15,000 people came to hear that address. Wow. And it was a, it was a dedication of a national cemetery. Uh, Lincoln didn't even receive the top billing on this event. Did you know that? No. Edward Everett, a politician and pastor, was the headliner. Everett spoke for two hours. The words that he said were not meant for the common man, though. They were meant for other politicians or at least well-to-do or educated people. Um, That was how politicians talked in those days. They talked to other politicians and educated people. Lincoln, in his 272 words, actually changed the way that politicians delivered speeches. No longer would speeches be written just for the educated. Speeches would come from the heart and try to touch every single person. And although of all the speakers on this day, only about 200 of the 15,000 people in the, in the whole attendance would actually hear those words, as there were no microphones. So Lincoln had to... Um, talk really loud, and he was a fairly spoken person. And even if he shouted, only the first 10 rows of people could actually hear what he had to say. The rest would have to wait until the next day or even a week later when it was put in their local newspapers. And uh, again, they had a bunch of picnics while he was delivering it. They would sit on a hill and have a picnic and just look at people they couldn't even see because they were so far away. And... um couldn't hear a word that they said. No big screen above him, behind him. The Titantron? Yeah. (laughs) Lincoln's Titantron. In fact, Everett, the person that was the headliner, wrote a letter to Lincoln saying this, I wish that I could flatter myself that I could come as near to the central idea of the occasion in two hours as you did in two minutes. The Civil War ended on April 9th, 1865. Have we reached the equality that Lincoln spoke about? Maybe, um, as I don't think he could have actually imagined a world where people of color were treated the same as white people. But, I mean, we have to do much, much better and bring about the equality that most everyone agrees is needed. It's time, and it's far past time. Absolutely. 
yeah. I, again, I, I feel like our nation, as you kind of said earlier, is divided, so, you know, in a lot of ways still. Well, one thing we should never be divided on is human rights. Absolutely. Do you have anything to add to the history? Um, Just that I, I, I it's, we've talked a little bit about um, the devastation and just the idea that uh, more people died in this one battle than I think like in all of the Vietnam War, as far as Americans go, you know. Um, I, I, I'm not sure of that fact. I'm pretty sure I read that fact. But anyways, it's, it, there's, it's, a, it's, it's a lot and it's, it's incomprehensible to think about. And I just, again, I, I, you know, I live in a county seat in a town that is kind of central to my little region. And it's like this idea that, you know, just it could happen. I mean, like it wouldn't, I mean, hopefully, (laughs) but the idea that like you could just be living your life. I mean, you know that there's battles happening and like, like you said, you know, like people just kind of were watching it and then all of a sudden it's in your town and it's there and there's a woman making biscuits and, you know, but you know, then I think there are cities in our country where that does happen, violence does yeah. come to your neighborhood. But hopefully no picnics while they're having hopefully the Hopefully no picnics. I don't know. Anyways, it's difficult. It's a challenging time. Um, it's interesting to hear about this history. And uh, I appreciate you walking us through the, th- the three days because I, I, I've I, seen movies, but it. I will say I've m- I'm more read on the revolutionary war than mm-hmm. i am on the civil war yeah so this was interesting to hear especially about. individual battles right yeah but i mean to think that day fifty thousand men died from what nowadays people would uh think were, were foolish foolish reasons i mean not many people right now would question that people should be slaves hopefully let's hope so 50,000 people died, <laughs> you know, for yeah. something that we take for granted on a day-to-day basis nowadays. Yeah. That we should all be free. Yes. And, um, yeah, I, I really hope that um, the country is heading in the right direction as far as equality. Yeah, that and is, us being more open to talk to each other. If we can't do anything, we should at least be equal. We should at least see each other as human beings. Yes, that's a good starting place. Yeah. All right, so let's take a break. Okay. Hey, listeners. Did you know there's a way to share with the world, whether you're hashtag team believer or hashtag team skeptic, or for those who need it, hashtag team the middle? It's our store called Ghostly Gear. Yep. And we even have custom ghostly designs like Microclimate or even the Easter Island Massacre or of the Ghostly logo. Just visit our Ghostly Gear store right on ghostlypodcast.com to order your T-shirt, hoodie, mug, mask, whatever. (laughs) Okay, okay. I think we got it. Um, They just need to visit ghostlypodcast.com and click on Ghostly Gear to order right on the website. And send us any ideas that you have for new merch. Exactly. Order your merch today and send us a pic of you in your ghostly gear.
All right, we're back. Sorry to get a little political. I don't think it's political at all. I think human rights are needed all around the world even, but... Well, it's a, you know, I mean, Gettysburg, those people lost their lives and it, uh, it it's a serious topic, so it's kind of hard not to get a little serious about it, but we're going to get even more serious. (laughs) It's still, it's still, it's still going to be serious. Um, but we're going to talk about some ghosts. All right. I'm ready to talk about ghosts, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) All All right. right. What evidence you got? Okay. So we, we have a number of, of things today. Uh, I wanted to try to get in some kind of more recent sightings along with some classic stories that people tell, uh, in Gettysburg. (laughs) Um, I will just say overall, um, there's a lot, uh, I have not been to Gettysburg, but there are a lot of ghost tours and we've had a lot of listeners talk about those in the comments on Facebook. So, although a lot of people say that they're similar to the Galena ghost tours and we did go to Galena ghost tours and we will do an episode on Galena, Illinois at some point. Yeah, definitely. Um, anyway, so a lot, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of ghost stuff going on. And, and as I picked some of the stories, certainly not enough time to go over all of them. Okay. Okay. So the first thing actually references a little bit back to the ghost story of today. Um, it's the phantom surgery. The phantom surgery. Yeah. So, um, this story shows up on a lot of websites. I pulled mm-hmm. it from Live About and Gettysburg, the Gettysburg College website, which is oh. where this happened. So Gettysburg College was, uh, I think it was called like Pennsylvania College back in the day. Um, but uh, it was around and it has been the site of, of several different encounters over the years. Okay. But the the one that is the most popular is what two college administrators claim to have seen one night. Okay. So um, yeah, during the battle, the building had been used as a field hospital during the, the Gettysburg. Um, but this night, so this was, you know, um, after Battle of Gettysburg, uh, two administrators were taking the elevator down from the fourth floor to the first. Um, they weren't thinking about the battle because it had been like a hundred years before. Um, the elevator passed the first floor and continued onto the basement. They had not pressed the basement button, but the elevator on its own went to the basement. Okay. The doors opened and the administrators couldn't believe what they saw. Um, they, it was supposed to be a storage space but it was a scene from the hospital. There were dead and dying men lying um, all over the floor. Blood-covered doctors and orderlies were rushing around chaotically trying to save the lives of the soldiers. Um, They didn't hear any sound, um, but they just, they saw it. They saw it very clearly. Um, They were obviously horrified, freaking out. They pushed the elevator buttons to close the doors. As the doors closed, they said, one of the orderlies looked up and directly at them, appearing to see them with a pleading expression on his face. Uh, And then this was interesting because they didn't see this everywhere, but in a couple of places they talked about that um, uh, one of the, um, this guy, uh, the tour guide, Nesbitt, I think is his name. He's one that wrote a lot of the ghost Mm -hmm. stories. He had been a ranger that... um, that he 
was told the story. Uh, a couple was retold the story by a complete stranger. And the stranger was like, oh, no, no, I know all about it. Um, as the person who experienced this uh, paranormal event was a friend of theirs who once attended the college. But after the couple and the stranger kind of gave details to each other, namely like the names of the people, it turned out that the couple was referencing an entirely separate account. So in other words, this happened a couple of times to different people, Mm. supposedly. It gets confusing there, but okay. anyways. So what do you think? Um... I don't have much to say as I wasn't there and I can't analyze the evidence or anything like that. Um, the only thing that I could think of is that uh, these are stories that are told to people and those people tell other people and those people write it down. So facts can be changed and exaggerated over the years and over the tellings of these stories. You know... I am I'm not sure. I don't even know where to go with that because to me this isn't evidence that you know I could see or be a part of or look at. So it's really hard to come up with any explanation for what might have happened at that time. Um that being said, my rating of this will be a 2 probably. Wow, that's, that's pretty high for me. It is pretty high for you. Uh, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a six. Okay. Um, which is a little on the lower side for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, it does seem a little interesting that there's there were people that, you know, knew different people that supposedly saw it, but you are right that th- that those people didn't. The people who supposedly actually saw it weren't the ones to write it down. Yeah, and I don't so that like, makes it harder. Like I searched for any kind of news stories or anything like that where they actually interviewed these people or any um, video footage of them being interviewed, and and they have not been interviewed like that. So uh, therefore, it's like it's like a he said she said kind of thing. And then my only other thing is that I could say that Nesbit wrote a book about it. And when you write a book, I mean, you could be making money. And I don't want to just say it's about money. Um, I'd like to believe that he actually heard these stories, you know, and that he's, it's actually a true account, but I have no proof of anything. So the only thing I could debate in this is, um, I I could debate Nesbitt. That's about it. Mm. And, that's not fair for this story. So I'm I'm choosing not to debate this topic, but not to believe too too much of it because no, you know, I mean, we haven't talked to these people. These people have never come come forward. Mm-hmm. And I get that. That's it would be scary to come forward and talk about it. I mean, watching the UFO stuff on the Unsolved Mystery episode five about the UFO, which if you haven't seen that, you should probably watch it. I understand where these people might have a hard time speaking out. People would, um, you know, think that they're liars, call them names. There's there's a lot of, you know, hazing that would happen after something like that. But I can't take it as evidence then either. It's, yeah, it's a challenge. 
Yeah. Well, it's a challenge that I'm not taking, so <laughs> all uh, right. Okay. So now I've got the next two are based on videos, which I have okay. shared with yes, you, you and you have watched, and I will, of course, include on the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will also say something just interesting about both of these videos is that they, uh, the one, t- no, let me say this, one took place at night but the other took place during the day. Yes. And one interesting thing, I, I read a little bit of a book um, that was written about um, some ghost hunting that was done in like the 80s. Like it was a while ago or maybe it was early 90s. But um, And they were just talking about how actually they've kind of closed off some of the parks at night because there's just too many people. I think you can do it with the ghost tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, that and I and I remember um, kind of talking about this way back in our uh, Paranormal Illumination Society thing. Mm-hmm. But anyways, they were claiming that it is just as likely to get EVPs and all of those things during the daytime in Gettysburg as it is at night. That ghosts are just as active anytime, that it doesn't matter. Uh, anyways, Especially that, around 3 or 4 p.m. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first piece of evidence was a video of a ghostly figure. Ding, ding, okay. ding, 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 ghostly uh. figure. Um, so often throughout any of the battlefield areas, the things that you talked about, places you talked about, people will claim to see ghostly figures. And this was a video of one. Um, they were driving around by the cemetery. There were gravestones and like not real cannons, but like, cannons as like you know oh, i think they were real cannons were but i think that they were uh non non-functional cannons. yes there you go that's what i mean to say they just take out some of the insides yes. of it um but as they're they're filming um a figure well why don't you describe what you saw <laughs> well what i see in the video and i've watched it probably 10 times now i see a person that looks like he's in like, I'm assuming that this is a night vision kind of camera. So the coloring will would be off. But I'm seeing, like, a man in, like, a white robe with a black belt around it. So it's probably a black robe with a light-colored belt around it or something. And his face looks pale white, kind of like, um, you know, in Karate Kid when they were when um, Cobra Kai people, Johnny and the Cobra Kai people were being the skeletons, which is a really cool costume. Just just in case listeners didn't know, uh, Pat is really into the Karate Kid. <laughs> I love the Karate Kid. Like but, watches it over and over again. But it looked like some monk or something like that that was out there. Um, and the way that he walked was very much just like, just a bro. <laughs> it was just a bro behind the behind the cannons. Well, he's behind the cannons, and then he walks in front. He almost is walking towards them a little bit, and then fades away. Yeah, I. Sorry, it just looks like a person. I don't know if they staged the video, mm. or if they got you know fooled themselves. Mm. If they were punked. Okay. Now, to me, it looked ghostly, the figure. But I will say, to me, it didn't look real. I no, will, it did it, not. Look it didn't real. look legit. It looked like photoshopped, or 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 there was a person walking, and then they did they distorted it, or yeah, something happened. I mean, their reactions were very believable, but I will say, to me, the footage looked not real. Looked hokey. It did look hokey. 
So yeah. what rating would you give this? Zero. One? Zero. I, I would give it a three. Like I'll, I'll give them a little bit. Maybe it was something, but I don't think so. All right. All right. Next video. Um, there's no uh, ghostly figure, um, but another common claim. Although, that, although in the comments, if you look, people do say that there is something they in the do. video. I didn't see anything. I didn't see that. And the yeah. people are talking about this. It's, it's a very oddly named video. I don't know. Um, but it's uh, people claim another thing people claim on the battlefields is to hear sounds of the battle, to hear soldiers crying out. Um, that is a common paranormal thing. So this is a, a video and on the video you clearly hear voices. Um, I mean, it's, it, it's not as loud as you might think, but you know, it, it's there and it sounds like they're yelling run several voices. Um, and I'm going to be honest, this was probably the, one of the more chilling videos that I've watched in a while. <sighs> so, okay. First of all, let's talk about the title. It mentions something about an EVP. Okay. It does, but it doesn't sound like an EVP. No. So that's what I'm going to say is it doesn't sound like an EVP. Um, because an EVP usually sounds like it's somebody that, or the, the volume is not portrayed from like a far distance. It's portrayed from where the speaker right, of the and it's is. like staticky and stuff. Yeah. yeah so it's this different. was this wasn't that I don't think. No. So the naming was really weird. Um, also, when when I when I watched it, it reminded me of camping, and I've done a fair bit of camping um, where you know it's in a campground with other people in it and you might not be right next to the next campsite but it sounds like a couple campsites over and somebody just yelling it doesn't sound like it's a ghost or or, or anything like that I, it doesn't i mean it sounds like just a person yelling run i thought it definitely sounded more ghosty than that um i did not and very creepy I I didn't. I I don't buy into this one bit. I mean, <laughs> there's no Okay, so even if we're going to accept this as evidence, right? Um there is no evidence that this was a ghost. It could be a person. And if it could be a person, isn't that more likely that it's a person than than a ghost yelling something? Mm. So what's your rating? 0. Okay. I'm giving this one a seven. What? Yes. No. It was creepy. Come on. Did we watch the same thing? <laughs> We're going to post these on Ghostly Society. We'll uh, put them out on the, if you want to join our coffee group, maybe we'll share the videos um, for the, our members there. And buy me a coffee. And buy me a coffee. Uh, we could do that. You know, but it'll, they'll be linked in the show notes too. Um, but early early access to uh, some of the others. Okay. All right. Moving on. So you mentioned the Devil's Den. I did mention that uh, in your in your history. Mm -hmm. So this area has actually been around for a while, uh, and there's lots of stories as to why it's called Devil's Den. Um, none of which are really like the devil. Um, it's it's all other reasons. Yeah. Um. But uh, even before. Um, the Civil War, people would talk about it as a an eerie, creepy place. Um, and there was a lot of things with Native Americans there. A battle supposedly happened there, you know. So, so it's it's been a, around as a as a weird place. 
In the 1880s, um, a man named Emmanuel Bushman wrote about the eeriness of the area. He claimed that there had been a battle here with Native Americans and wrote that it was an area of many unnatural and supernatural sights and sounds. So the point of that is just to say that it's not like just recently that people have decided this is a creepy area. Even back in the 1800s, people talked about it as creepy. Okay. Okay. So here is the famous story. Okay. So in the 1970s, a woman uh, approached a ranger and claimed that she had been at Devil's Den taking photos in the early morning. As she was um, by the boulder, she felt that someone was behind her. She turned to look and a man approached her. She said he looked like a hippie. This was the 70s, <laughs> right? Long, dirty hair, ragged clothing, a big floppy hat, and no shoes. She said, uh, she claimed he said to her, what you are looking for is over there and pointed behind her. She turned to look where he pointed, saw nothing, turned back, and he was gone. So then the ranger claims that a month later, a male photographer came in with a similar question. The question, sorry, that the woman had asked was, were there ghosts out, out there? Um, and he asked this because when he developed his pictures from around the same spot as the woman, a man appeared in the photos that hadn't been there when they were taken. It was this hippie looking man. Um, the writer that I was reading said he thought this might be the ghost of a Texas soldier as they were kind of the most remote and frontier of the the people on the in the army. And they often didn't have shoes because their families were so far away. They couldn't really send them shoes like other uh, soldiers were able to get shoes a little easier. Um, I think this is the story of the helpful ghost that uh, people will often tell. That doesn't sound helpful at all. Though. Well, he's like, oh, what you're looking for is over there. So often you'll hear this story of like, there's a ghost by Devil's Den that will like come and tell you what you want is over there. And I think it stems from mm. from this particular story. So your description of this man, he it makes me think of Ron Dunn from Parks and Rec. Remember the other Ron? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of him. I could see that. That's yeah. what I'm picturing when but, I picture But just this. long hair. Yeah, yeah. Just with long hair. <laughs> um, so um, I don't know. Um, I You know, I'm not one to buy into pictures that often as they could have superimposed images, especially in the 70s and stuff. Uh, so the picture doesn't really do anything for me. Her accounts of a hippie looking man. It was the 70s. Yes. There were hippies. True. Um, maybe the hippie was there and, you know, maybe he thought he was done and left and she just couldn't find him. I don't, I don't like, <laughs> I can't picture the area that she's in in Devil's Den. So I, I have no idea, but I really, uh, this to me, this helpful ghost is not, is not helpful at all as, it didn't find anything when he's like, hey, look over there. It's basically he's saying, look, there's Elvis. And the person turns around and then he's gone. Uh, I think it was a hippie. Okay. All right. I think it's perfectly logical to believe that there was a hippie in the 70s in Gettysburg okay. in Devil's Den. Now, something that I I, I, I didn't put in here because I didn't want to overwhelm us, but I will say this is also an area people claim that their technology fails. Often. Okay. So I don't know 
if that had like it's kind of countryish looking. Have you seen Devil's Den? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of countryish looking. It, it's not like like I'm sure cell phone towers don't really hit that area. There's, you know, I I could totally see that. And also too, there there could be scientific reasons why technology wouldn't work in a particular area versus another area. Yeah. So, given that it was the 70s, this man looked like a hippie. It's perfectly logical to believe that there could be a hippie in the 70s. If I mean, if not logical, it it did. I mean, people there there were hippies in the 70s. <laughs> All right, so what's your and rating? And she was probably, you know, eating sandwiches or something. <laughs> My rating is zero. Rating is zero? All right, I'm going to give this one a, a six. A six? Yeah, because I wow. do think you're right. It could be a person. It's Ron, um, it's but Ron it's, Dunn from Parks <laughs> but, and Rec. But it is a little weird that like he could have just like, did he run away and she just didn't hear him? Like, it just seems weird. Was he, was he a vegetarian too? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready for the last piece of evidence here? I have nothing against vegetarians. Okay, I'm just saying hippies <laughs> in the '70s. There could they, you know, there was some vegetarians. That's then, possible. So. Yeah, yeah. I all am ready. All right, I've got one last one that's kind of fun. Okay. Okay. I like fun. So, yeah. So this is from Little Round Top. Again, you mentioned that I did in your history. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so this I, I found this in a couple couple different sources. Um. So there's been a lot of movies made about Gettysburg. Um, my favorite is Glory. I love that movie with Matthew Broderick. Um, but there was a movie in 1993 called Gettysburg. Um, so during that the filming, they actually filmed a lot right at the location on the battlefields. And um, they also used a lot of extras that were reenactors. Okay. So <laughs> some of the people that were um, on the film had this weird unexplained encounter. Um, so during By a break, some you mean like two, I don't know. Um, during a break in filming one day, several of the extras were resting at little round top and admiring the setting sun. They were approached by a grizzled old man whom they describe as wearing a ragged and scorched union uniform and smelling of sulfur gunpowder. He talked to them about how furious the battle was as he passed around spare rounds of ammunition, then went on his way. At first, the extras assumed he was part of the production company, again, a reenactor, but their minds changed when they looked closely at the ammunition he gave them. They took the rounds to the man in charge of giving out the props for the movie, and he said they did not come from him. Turns out the ammunition from the strange old man were genuine musket rounds from the period. Yeah, I have so many questions about this one. Were they ghost rounds? (laughs) <laughs> how did a how did a ghost get these rounds from the 1860s to give to? I I don't understand how this is even possible. I mean, it's just yeah, it's a ghost man. He's walking around and he's just like how is he, how does he have how does he have these rounds that he can give to somebody? It's a physical manifestation. Uh, no, no, it's not. It's it's craziness. Uh, I think it's all made up and hype for the movie. Um, I I believe this not at all. <laughs> so you're giving it a zero? Oh, if I could go lower than a zero, I would with this one. This one is just poor. Is just purely ridiculous. Also, I would like to state that a lot of these things. Um, that you're mentioning happened after the 90s. Um, 
there was a large, uh, like a there was a long period of time where there were no ghost stories about Gettysburg, or very little ghost stories. And then all of a sudden, nineteen nineties happen, and all these people are ghost hunters, and there's just a flood of ghost stories all of a sudden. How do you explain that? Hmm. Well. I mean, I think that's when we became a little more open to this concept. It became not as crazy for people to talk about stuff. I I disagree. I believe that a lot of books were written during this time. I believe a lot of ghost tours started to happen, and a lot of people started making a fortune on these ridiculous stories of passing out rounds to <laughs> other people, the ghost bullets. <laughs> All right, I am going to give this it's one a, a microclimate. I'm going to give this one a five because it is a little like I only found it in a few places. I couldn't find any direct accounts from anyone who was actually there that like were was telling this story. So it it it, it was it was hard to find a lot with it, but I I did see it in a few places and and I thought it was fun. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So overall, what are you going to give Gettysburg? Okay. Is so Gettysburg haunted? I'm going to give it a six. A six overall. Yeah. I'm going to give it a one. And the only reason why I'm giving it a one is because of your first piece of evidence that I could not speak to these people and I could not debate the facts that they that they have. Not that they are real, just because we need more detail. We need more information. So I'm going to give it a one, pretending that Given that information, it would totally make me believe more and not and not less. Okay. So uh, that brings us to our closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones to keep each other honest. And Rebecca, are you ready? I am. All right. Here we go. One minute on the clock and start now. All right. So when you read accounts of ghostly sightings in Gettysburg, you read a lot of people claiming kind of these classic stories. But even the people that are that go there that say, you know what, I didn't experience anything myself or I doubt some of these stories. Every single one of them says that it is an eerie place to be, that there is a feeling there. Um there is an energy there, and I just do not think that these souls that were that were killed in such a violent manner, and you know the the air was full of smoke and you couldn't see anything and the and the sounds that there's just no way that that there aren't some some souls that that got trapped there. Um, I just I don't think that's possible um, that that there couldn't be some of that there. Um, do I think that it's all of these are true? No. Um, but I, I do think that in general, Gettysburg is haunted. Oh, oh, you went over on that. I just, you know, wow. Okay. Okay, I can't believe that. I needed a dramatic pause. I am ready. Okay. And go. I will give you that the location has a lot of history and a lot of dark history. A lot of people died that day on that battlefield and maybe people died before. I found no evidence that there was this big Indian battle or Native American battle that, you know, that you speak of. Um, 
but I will give you that it's dark, but not every dark place is haunted. Just because people die in a particular area does not mean that there it's going to be haunted. And just because the numbers doesn't mean that it's going to be haunted. You've presented no evidence to me that is substantial enough where I could say this was definitely real. Therefore, I'm going to go with what I always go with at the end is that there is no way that this was real. Uh, no way that Gettysburg is haunted. Not even a chance. Wow. I finished you, early. You did finish early. So sad place, but not haunted is what you're saying. Yeah. Maybe if you give me more evidence, maybe then I could finally, <laughs> you know, find something substantial enough. Mm. <laughs> so I want to thank you so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement. And now that you have listened to the episode, make sure that you head over to ghostlypodcast.com slash polls to vote. The polls will be up as the episode goes up, and they will be up until Friday, August 14th. And while you're there... Take the trivia. Yeah, check out the trivia, trivia contest. contest. You have all of August. So just remember that we do have a trivia contest going on right now until the end of August. So you have to the last day of August. Go to ghostlypodcast.com slash trivia to enter for your chance to win any ghostly t-shirt of your choice. We will announce the winner on our September 16th episode. So we are coming up on episode number 50. Five zero. This is This is a big point, and... We really thought that we should, you know, hit a classic. Yeah, bring out something that we've been wanting to do, or at least I've been wanting to do for a while. I've wanted to do it from day one. <laughs> I actually suggested this, and you said no at that point. But now is it is our fiftieth episode. Yep. So you can no longer hold it back. No, Rebecca. this is has to come out. What is the episode going to be about? Amneville Horror. Or house or whatever you want to call it. Just Amneville, man. Just Amneville. The yeah. Warrens. It's got everything. The so movie. Before we even do any research or start on this, are you scared by Amityville? Uh this I the movie scared me. Do you think there's a chance that it's real? I've read conflicting reports. So I'm I am I'm actually interested to research this one. Okay. Yeah. But you're not going to count it out. I'm not like gonna. I do. No, I'm not gonna count it <laughs> out. No, no, definitely not. It's uh, there's there's been a lot a lot written about this, a lot of movies. I've seen. Yeah, I'm mm, super interesting stuff. So make sure to hit that subscribe button so that you are notified when it comes out, so you can help us celebrate our 50th episode. It comes out on August 19th. And we will still be doing the trivia contest, so we're going to talk more about it then. Remember, for the trivia contest, make sure you check out our website and listen to some episodes. Hint, 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 hint. <laughs> All the answers are there. They're there. They're not too hard to get to, most of them. Yeah. Until next time, stay ghostly. Bye.